Welcome to the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. Each week, join us for game-changing, elevating, and power-sparking conversations with master teachers, game-changers, and elevators. Welcome to the next phase of your evolution. Today on the Wonder Life Podcast, we celebrate Earth Day with master teacher Christina Trout. She gives us the 411 on what is happening with the earth and how we can regenerate our mother and ourselves. We hope you enjoy the show. From the earth to the body to the spirit and all of that, no matter if you believe it or not, it just is. So what is going on on the planet right now? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a simple thing and it's a simple fix. <laughs> well, oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. When we disrupt soils and that means tilling, that means digging. Uh, that's our number one problem. So from that action, which we have been doing since the creation of uh, agri- modern agriculture, basically, right? So the minute you disrupt a soil, you've compromised the diversity in the soils. And it's the diversity and the indigenous that's the key word there. So when you do that, and then you plant into that, what's happening is those dead microorganisms or whatever, there's a release of nitrogen, the plants are happy for that first year, you get this boost of growth, people are, you know, and then you on top of that, you've got the scientific community and academic community that have sort of been applying uh, these inputs into soils because they want to front load. If you leave, they have to front load the soil for the health of the plant. There's just some, there's some modalities and some ways of thinking, some paradigm shift that needs to be happening. But if we can be open to the, to, to the fact that it's a simple, it's a simple solution and a simple fix, I think people will be a lot more willing to listen to, to the fact that it is quite simple. So, so let's just go back. We've got that disruption that we've done to the soil. And from that point onward, as we keep disrupting every year, tilling every year, digging, whatever, um, not having cover crops, not having a diversity of crops there, because plants work in combination with one another, and permaculture informs that as well, uh, that we want to stay away from monocropping. Um, but there's even and monocropping would be like, I'm only growing corn in this field. Yes. Or whatever. And even if you're looking to scale up and you're looking to how this applies to a larger scale agricultural system, Korean natural farming is brilliant in that respect too, which we can get into later. But uh, we, just because I'm mentioning diversity and um, you know, uh, not um, polyculture doesn't mean that it can't be applied large scale. And my teacher, Chris Trump, has really explored that with his family farm in Hawaii. They have uh, macadamia trees that were um, failing and he, over a period of time, applied this KNF and they are now 100% KNF and he's at you know 800 plus acres. So, and so he's very much got the scaling down. Um, but anyway, so I, dive, I diverge. But so when you've, when you've disrupted that soil, so what we're basically doing is this, as a culture in this modern agricultural system is we are fixing the symptom of that. 
we're trying to fix the symptom of that initial, you know, that initial act. Um, so the solution is just to bring the biodiversity back to that plot. Which really is simple. It's so simple. But it's not, but see, the problem too is that we as Americans, we're very uh, industrious and we, we are very in the moment and we're young and we, we like to figure things out. And so you're going to have, as we become aware that it's the microbial life in the soils that is the thing that's going to keep plants healthy. That's the number one concept is that plants have a relationship with the microbiome in the soil. That's how they're creating their food. They're sending signals down to that community. That community goes out, mines the nutrients they need, and gives it back to the plants. So it's a symbiotic mm. relationship. And um, so that's the number one understanding you have to have. So bringing back that diversity is bringing back this city of organisms at its just height of diversity and allowing that plant to have its natural signaling capacity of that population. Mm. But we as Americans think, oh, you know, bugs in a jug, like we can figure out which microbe is going to do this, which microbe is going to enhance the flavor, which one is going to enhance the growth. And so there's a whole, you know, rush for that. But Is that what you call genetically modified when I'm trying to change the plant from what it was originally intended to be? Yeah, and that's even sort of going further down that this this misunderstanding that um, that we have to armor the plant to handle the environment that it's in because we've disrupted it so intensely that you know the weeds are taking over, so we feel like we have to suppress the weeds. Well, the weeds are only indicating succession, which happens naturally. So our soils want to get to a fungal dominant um, display. So it's a natural progression within succession to go from a bacterial dominant to a fungal dominant. What happens when we disrupt the soils is we're killing the fungal dominance. Mm -hmm. We're not touching the bacterial. So we've basically created bacterial soils. But we need the fungal need and the, the bacterial fungal. to balance one another. Yes, we certainly do. And it's a spectrum. And each plant you know, you've got this, like, some, like, oh, so, so the weeds, they like the bacterial dominance. So you've got your thistles, but so do brassicas and lettuces. But as you get towards the fungal side of things, that's when you have your old-growth forest. So anywhere between, you know, weeds, ragweed, thistles, these kinds of things, all the way up to old-growth, strictly bacterial on one side of the spectrum and fully fungal dominant on the other spectrum. In the middle is where a lot of our crops like, these sort of balanced fungal to bacterial ratios. So when we disrupt, we're bringing the soil all the way back to a bacterial dominant, which is why we have weeds, and why we are genetically altering plants to handle that environment, instead of simply seeing that we just need to inoculate those bacterial dominants with the original diversity to bring them back into the middle side of the spectrum so that those weeds are no longer populating those areas. So, it so in, during that three-year course of time, you literally are playing with this fungal dominance to get it back towards the middle spectrum so that you can start playing with that. Like, we know which plants like fungal dominant and we know which ones like the spectrum, where they are in the spectrum. So uh, why would we have messed with this in the first place? Because we, did, we didn't understand what we did by digging into the soil. So, um, super pumped to be here with Christina Trout, the queen mother of 
Korean. I actually won't call you the queen mother of Korean natural farming just yet. But what I will call you is the queen mother of our natural world. And you truly are one with the earth and the soil and these living things. Like you really are. You are it. And so you're welcome. But you're, you really are with Korean natural farming, which you're going to share like what it actually is. Because I love being clueless. Yes. But if you really believe it's going to change the way that we are able to regenerate our earth and our bodies as a result. Absolutely. Share, sister. (laughs) I mean, I was excited about permaculture because I sort of came to the conclusion that we could change things in seven years. And I think with Korean natural farming, you can literally change the paradigm of a growing space in three years. And it begins at the the, the time that you begin the practice. So what is permaculture? So if you could give us a little background, like, because sure. I am like legit ignorant. Like, I feel like I'm like, I need to be training with you so that Beautiful. I can understand yes. because I mean, we can change the world only if we start with our mother earth. It's true. It's true. And it's, it's, it is the starting point and it's, it's a, it sort of demands that we, do one thing first, and that is become still in the moment of time and actually open our minds, our eyes, and our hearts, actually sort of let the minds quiet down and do an observational practice. And permaculture really began my path on in observation simply because one of the first things that you do when you're dealing with a space in a permaculture environment is you're walking the land. And you're observing where the sun is hitting. You're observing how the shadows are falling in any particular time of the year. And you're really spending the first year before you do anything to your property just coming to understand how the water is flowing. Because there's ways to harvest water. And So on all land, is yes. there water somewhere? Yes. Like where there's, where there's land, where there's grass? Exactly. Okay. It's harder to do a permaculture uh, situation on a flat land. Okay. You always want a little bit of a slope. Okay. But it doesn't matter how much slope is. And you can create slopes. You can create slopes by building roofs that are sloped. So you're catching water there. And then you're, you know, creating different ways of managing that water, which is a whole science and art in a, a itself. Um, so I started the, my permaculture project on this one anchor, Lala Gardens. Uh, 2013, I think I took my training with Peter Bain, who is an amazing teacher. And... Um, immediately came back and applied it. And permaculture is cool because it's permanent culture, so it's something that you can apply to art, science, government, um, the way we organize as a people. And it's actually just blooming now sort of into the perception of um, everyday folks that are still you know, tied to a job and wanting to do more with their properties but just haven't had the time. So it's definitely gonna be something that comes into the mainstream fairly rapidly and Korean natural farming is like the poetic expression within a permaculture environment it's pure poetry mm, that's beautiful yeah I'm so excited to be practicing it because it's just every day I'm delighted like every day is a new discovery would you consider it like your meditative practice I think I've gotten to the point where every like most of my day becomes meditative unless I'm getting caught up in the mental sort of um, trying to plan out too much or 
there's a lot of projects going on here. So if I'm if I get to that point where I'm letting um, letting nature happen, letting nature be the teacher, then yes, it's meditation, 100%. So we only get in our own ways. What? <laughs> what? So okay, so it's pure poetry, but what does that mean within the permaculture space or on its own? Well, it is on its own, and it is within the permaculture space. And what I love about it, sort of married to permaculture in a way, or uh, one tool in the in the toolbox, they like to say, um, is that permaculture does deal so much with um, patterns and geometry and uh, sacred geometry and the way nature expresses herself like in our systems that it can that you know there you can be someone who's um, in the city and practicing permaculture without even touching the earth at all and Korean natural farming brings it not only to the earth but it brings it to the very heart of nature and it helps us to understand and practice in alignment with nature. Like you can literally grow food and remediate your property to a pristine state that mirrors what's going on in the areas that we haven't touched yet. Oh, wow. And you can do that without any kind of uh, disruption to the ecological system. That it's, is wild. It's, that's the beauty of it. And so at the heart, and I might as well just say it at the very beginning, at the heart of Korean natural farming lies this technique for using rice in a box and you go up and you identify through your observation and through going up in the mountains and doing a hike and really starting to open your eyes. You're locating where there's still a lot of diversity in the mycorrhizal. Um, and that uh, mycorrhizal is like the fungal aspects okay. of things where the mushrooms are basically. You're looking for that hypha, that fungal hypha, which is um, the little strand, little white strand, if you lift up a log and you see those beautiful little white strands mm -hmm. starting to form or they're interlacing underneath um, where you can't quite see, that's the fungal. So you're basically planting your box there for about 10 days. It's harvesting some of the, uh, <laughs> much of this, there's much of the diversity that's there, most of the diversity. You're getting a snapshot in time and place basically. And then you're bringing that rice back, and through these different processes, you're putting it into hibernation, and then you're bringing it out in different stages to cooperate with the diversity that's in your soils already. So, because nature wants to thrive, because nature has this way of offering us these different um, regenerative loops, the more we can preserve that diversity coming from the high, like pristine places down into our growing spaces, the better we are. So this method is just the most elegant way of bringing diversity that I've ever seen. And so if you've done it right, by the time you get to the final IMO process, which is IMO 5, you've basically brought in indigenous or indigenous microorganisms, IMO, indigenous microorganisms to your space. and your plants, through association with those populations, dis display their true genetic potential. And you've never even seen it before. Like, I, it surprises me how tough 
plants are because they're, they seem to be growing in the worst conditions no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if you give it everything it wants and needs, it's just another, it's another level of um, just uh, nutrient density, the flavor is off the charts. So it's, uh, and I think that's going to be the final thing when people put something that's grown within a KNF system into their mouth and they taste it or they smell it or they see the color or the size or the, the just the vibrancy of the plant health. It's the thing that speaks to them. It's like, oh yeah, duh, this does work. So it's not even an idea concept. It's, it's through practice and observation that we recognize how brilliant this is. So this is like wild. Like it's so wild that like my mind is like, Oh my God. Like, cause I, yeah. I can, I can visualize what you're talking about and, and it, and so my brain goes into a couple different directions, but I'm going to try to stay more linear for yes. the purpose of people listening. Yes. So I feel like if we could give some folks like a little background on why we even need something like this mm-hmm. in the current state of our soil, which is affecting our food, which is affecting our bodies, which is affecting our environment and, yes. and like everything. We are a, a world of one. Does the food that we eat that's being grown by large farms, organic or not, by whomever or not, because here's the thing, organic or not, you know, if you have an organic farm near a traditional conventional farm, and it rains, that water commingles, and so there's going True. to be some sort of something on, you know, some sort of a pesticide will invariably be on, you know, your organic farm. True. But do we, you know, what what's happening with these farms? So so are we actually getting nutrients from the food that these farms are growing, no. or is the soil so deficient that like, yes. and that's why we're, or is that why we're taking all these supplements? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's it, it, you can go down the rabbit hole in this, and I have my own sort of thinkings that get supported by various readings that I do. I can't read everything, but sometimes when you're when you're going from a, a observational perspective, a lot of things get presented that you're like, huh, I wonder if that's what's going on. The microbes are actually mining and creating soil from from the clays, from the minerals that are. We have sufficient minerals in the soils that are just not available to the plant. Mm. So if we're bringing back our fungal, those fungus and those microbial populations feed on the minerals and then give the plant those minerals in a plant available form. So even if you're organic or not, if you're not paying attention to your soils and you're not bringing back the diversity, you're not going to get any further down the line towards... Um, towards um, um, towards healthy foods that are that have the mineral content that we need. I believe that a lot of us are deficient in minerals. So people are sick yeah. because that we're not getting the things we need from the food that we are, that we are eating, eating. Whether organic or conventional. Right. And what's, you know what's fascinating? Okay, here's another one too. So our biomes are also compromised because of because of the very things that we're giving the soil, we're giving to ourselves, antibiotics and that sort of thing. So we've compromised our, our biotic diversity, right? So when you start to eat and work with these foods that you've reestablished the diversity to, you're also repopulating your body. So your bodies became able to do the very same thing that those plants are doing and use the, the nutrients that are inside of the food. So I think we're mineral deficient, our, our biology is compromised, our diversity is lacking. 
So we're not even absorbing the nutrients that are in the foods that we're eating. Mm. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's so connected. So, yeah, that's crazy. So with, so going back to our, the art of Korean natural farming. Yes. This can truly change and put the earth back into balance. I believe so. Um, because we don't, we still have these high areas in our, you know, upper elevations um, that are pristine, that haven't been damaged. You know, we go up in the forests and we smell the forests and the, we smell the, the, the what's being um, released into the atmosphere from the microbial diversity. And we're happy. Mm. You know, we, that's our natural state. And so there's a very elegant method that's been developed over great deal of time. Korean natural farming was um, started in the 60s by Cho Han Kyu, or we call him Master Cho. Um, he, he practiced this on a farm in Korea since the 60s and really perfected it. Um, I also believe, well he had some Japanese teachers before him and I practice spagyrics or alchemy and so I'm being informed by that practice that Korean natural farming quite potentially has its roots in alchemy and is very ancient. Like, I mean, it sounds like it 1000% yeah. is, I mean, it's, you're practicing the rhythm of yes. the mother. Like it gives me the yes. chills because you really are going, like you are bringing things back into alignment based upon oh, what you're beautiful. like, you're being called to do this right now because the mother is speaking and yeah. you know the thing is it's like being conscious of the mother earth and the environment is actually not like a hippie concept yeah. because if we don't figure it out then we can't be here so know, we can crazy? make all the money in the world right? and we can continue to have governments fighting about really stupid things that are like actually big illusions but if you do not take care of this earth, she will eject us off of it. Yes. And that's not a hippy dippy left, far left conversation. That is, we are humans. This yes. is a humanity, like, let's save ourselves and the earth and come into alignment. Yes. What do you think, before we go, Yes. our personal lives, our mental states, mm. our spiritual states mm. have to do with what is happening on the planet and then coming back um, with the the practice of Korean natural farming. What do you think that all has to do with one another? It's, it's deeply connected there as well. And um, it's, okay, so Korean natural farming is very much a practice you're practicing to know so comparing that route so that you're actually doing something with this you're releasing expectation you're staying in the moment you are trying to be in a pure open observational space uh, and you're letting nature teach you so that practice brings you into alignment with diversity we spend a lot of time under fluorescent lighting. We spend a lot of time thinking in our heads. And so that process of thinking is a dualistic, we're always comparison. It's through comparison, black, white, this, that, good, bad. 
Well, our governments also reflect that. So we've got this dichotomy going on that's a mental construct. So really, it's just, again, a simple practice. Step outside every day. Feel the sun. Take your shoes off. Step on the ground. Just go it's out. It's really that's it. so easy. So easy. That's all you have to if do. If you reconnect with it. the earth, you don't have to believe a word that either one of us have I know, said. you don't have to. You don't have to believe a word. But if the only thing that you do yep. is take your shoes off and and. and you know, you maybe you're a germaphobe. No worries. You can, but go outside. Your socks, then. <laughs> go outside. Put your feet in the earth. Yep. It will change your vibration. It absolutely will. And ironically, it's going to also populate your body with the microorganisms that are then going to help you understand what it is that where the change is. Because we're nature wants to thrive. We're part of nature. Yes. We want to thrive. Any part of our being that is interacting with that natural world is going to thrive and eventually help us see the path that's right before us. A to the men, Christina Trout is up in the house. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It is such Girl. a pleasure. This has been an episode of the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness where soul, science, and technology meet. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at wonderhealth, or at wonderhealth.com. And that is wonder with a U. Stay tuned for our upcoming launch of the Wonder Wellness Academy, where you and master teachers connect to elevate your minds, bodies, and souls.